It's been a season like no other. For the past three months, myself, Graham O'Toole, and my fellow producer, Sean Reedy, have been following five inter-county players as they embark on a season for the history books. We've been granted open access via Zoom calls and socially distant interviews to Limerick hurler Declan Hannon. Like I remember being at home with my brothers pretending we were marching behind the band for an all final and stuff like that. And then for it to actually become reality was... It was a dream come true, really. Like Tyrone footballer Ronan McNamee. My club was blown up twice at the end of the 80s. So you had an awful lot going on for an awful long time. Dublin footballer Neve Collins. I really do not enjoy running 5Ks, but I too wanted to be Sonia O'Sullivan when I was young because it was just, that's what was visible to us. And I think it's a completely different landscape now. Westmead footballer Kieran Martin. And then as your county player, you're probably expected to be the main man and on the show but it just doesn't work like that he can do so much but he still has to know the lads around and Wexford hurler Conor MacDonald you know we're amateurs at the end of the day and I think for long periods of time I've not been living like an amateur I've tried to live like a professional while having my profession in something else we'll find out what it's like to be vying for an All-Ireland title while working in training during a pandemic and ask each player if the sacrifice was worth it in the end this is The Split Season Episode 1 The Lockdown 2020 was teed up to be an epic year on the sporting calendar. Fans had a European football championship, Olympic Games, a golf major with one of our own set to defend their title, Liverpool on the cusp of winning their first ever Premier League and a GEA championship for the ages to look forward to. However, no one could have predicted what happened next. In the last 24 hours, China has reported 1,820 laboratory confirmed cases, bringing the total cases to 46,550. Overnight, a new case was confirmed in the U.S., bringing the total here to 14. More than 15,000 new cases in China and worldwide. The number of cases now tops 60,000. One district in Hubei province, where there are more than 500 confirmed cases, has started wartime population control measures. That means all buildings are closed. Everyone must stay in their homes. As COVID-19 spread across the world and we began to see makeshift hospitals being built across China, concern about the unknown began to grow. And when the virus was detected in Northern Italy, it was only a matter of time before it spread across Europe and made landfall on Irish shores. Good morning to you all. It's nearly a minute past 11 on the 1st of March. Uh, the front page of the Sunday Independent, first virus case hunt for contacts. The nation is bracing itself for the damaging fallout from the coronavirus uh, crisis as the first case here was confirmed last night. Come here, uh, we confirmed the first case of coronavirus over the weekend. You probably saw that. Don't know, it was doing the rounds. Did you notice? <laughs> A school in Dublin has been shut down for two weeks after a student was diagnosed with coronavirus. Parents at the school have been told to isolate children from the rest of their family if they develop symptoms. Dr Tony Hoolan is Chief Medical Officer with the Department The conversation quickly shifted here in Ireland from one of downplay to one of concern. The general consensus was that public health must come before anything, including sport. And so, we saw some of our own sporting bodies make some tough decisions. Has decided to suspend all activities from midnight tonight until March the 29th. The suspension extends to Camogie and ladies football. An FAI announcement on their plans for football in the country during the Despite crisis, the hopes of the nation of returning to some sort of normality soon, those games wouldn't resume on the 29th. In fact, this was only the beginning. This is the calm before the storm, before the surge. 
And when it comes, and it will come, never will so many ask so much of so few. Recording. Right, Graham, this is it. The start of it. I was washing glasses when I realized the time. I will uh I'll mute my mic so it's just the two of you at the beginning, then I'll No, I, I I want you to I want to be like, look, well Deck and welcome, right? This is Graham, he's the other guy as part of it, blah blah blah. Yeah, cool. So I'm gonna turn off I'll my video on. and uh Okay. With the summer brought some good news, and Ireland emerged from the first lockdown with a new sense of national pride. However, as we know with such a contagious virus, the figures began to rise as people began to move. And so we're here, in the middle of October, on the verge of a second lockdown, but this time it's much different. Instead of watching reruns and classic games, we have arguably more sport on now than we would have in normal times. And that is where our story begins. Hello, Declan. Hello, how's it going? How are you? Sean here. Good, Sean. Yourself? Good, good. And uh, just to let you know, Graham, the other guy that's working on the documentary is here as well. Hey, right, Declan, how are you? Good, Graham. How are you keeping? Ignore the wrong name. I've signed into the wrong account. That's fine. How are you getting on? Great now. Good, uh, good. So just let you know, Declan, we won't... As we all know, here. restrictions mean one thing. Zoom calls. And our first on this journey was with Limerick captain Declan Hannan, who shared his experience of lockdown. So it was tough. Like, I mean, even in my home village over there, we had two very sad cases of two people that passed away. Like one was due to the virus and another was a young lad with cystic fibrosis. So that was happened in the middle of the pandemic as well, like which made it harder again. And I suppose it made it all the more real, you know, when you hear someone close to you, I suppose that has passed away from it. Like that reality hits you straight in the face. Like Those people you obviously knew quite well. So were you able to go to funerals and stuff like that? We were able to, I was able to go to the second one, yeah, Carl Scanlon is his name, he was our neighbour at home, he's only 21, he died from cystic fibrosis, and then Geraldine Hearn is another neighbour, she was in ICU in the regional hospital for 60 days battling the virus, but we weren't able to go to her funeral, unfortunately, you, were kind of, you had to stand out on the road, and yeah, that was tough for the whole village over there, really, to have those two sucker punches within a short space of time with each other. I suppose this is my 10th year family in Limerick now, and it's the first summer, fed off like you know to not exactly that you could do anything but you had time that you'd never have like because like suppose you're so when the inter-county season is on or even the club season it's flat out like every mm. evening you're nearly if you're not thinking of it you're going training and to be honest I just chilled out and when we could go out and spend time with my family time that's like I wouldn't have if we were training all the time so I, I just I really enjoyed that to be honest like I found that hugely beneficial to be able to get out there and, and spend some time with them that, that I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise Would you say hurling is your life Declan? I wouldn't say it's my life now, it plays a big part of my life, but you know, I'm very conscious that hurling only lasts in a certain number of years and I'm very conscious of trying to get my career off the field going in the right direction as well and to spend time again with my family and friends. So like, I mean, there's only, whatever, 10 to 15 years in it. Once you're finished, you're finished and that's it. You need to have something else going on because I'm sure it's quite hard for people if they just immerse their whole life into the hurling and the GA that when it's all over, they might find it hard to, to get back in the horse and do something else. Uh, do you mind if I ask what you do as a career outside of hurling? Yeah, I work with uni jobs. It's a, it's a recruitment company, so I'm, I'm a recruitment consultant with them based in Limerick here. And you're obviously working remotely then, I suppose, are you? Yeah, yeah, I suppose we've offices in town or ice. Like they're there. 
we like we recruit for the HSE, so I suppose we're an essential service at the minute. We can go okay. into the office if you want, but we can work from home. So you know, there's an option to go in if you want, but for the time being, it's from home. So have you been at home working from home since March? Yeah, so from about March until I don't know, maybe August, I was at home every day working, and then from August until just last week, we were in the office every second day. Kind of we broke up into teams or pods um, to go in every second day during the week. So. Like again, it took a lot of getting used to, to work from home all the time. Um, you can get easily distracted by small things here, and I was like randomly doing a lot of cleaning and stuff like that. But um, it's fine. Look, it's it's just the way it is at the minute, and that's it. And would you say you grew closer to people during lockdown? Yeah, I'd say so. Like, I mean, even nearly nearly forced you to pick up the phone to ring your friends. Like, instead of going to meet them, you had to pick up the phone and talk to them about whatever was going on and what the whole file going on. So, but definitely, like, I suppose I've close group of friends there maybe four or five and we were like everyone else I suppose doing the Zoom calls and things like that and like I hated Zoom calls because I don't know I just <laughs> they drive me mad but anyway it's just, just for anyone it was nice now, we're, we're speaking to Declan on a Zoom call <laughs> yeah but at least this is into bed you don't have to show your face right yeah. yeah and what about the hair did you do a bit of a botch job on that <laughs> <laughs> nothing my hair doesn't grow that fast so I live here with, uh, with Louise, so she cut it the odd time, which was, was interesting. I was happy enough, but I didn't have to go and meet anyone. Um, I didn't do a keen lynch or anything like that in it, so mine was fairly plain and simple now. And were you one of those who got stuck into normal people as well? Oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> it was on there, all right. I don't know what to make of it, to be honest. It was, uh, yeah, whatever. It was on in the background, so I was... Uh... When it did come in, I was in AIT at the time. There was one or two teams left. Westmeath captain, Kieran Martin. Um, but I remember the last day, the colleges closed on a Thursday and we had a freshers football team heading up to Dundalk to play in a semi-final. The GAA means different things to different people. And to Kieran, it's a lot more than a game. It's his career. As he works for AIT and the GAA. You were getting ready for that and then word came through. You kind of heard through the grapevine that the colleges are closing and it was kind of panic. Do we send them or not? And then we went kind of talking over and back with the GA officer in Dundalk we decided not to send them so after that you thought right the word was we'd be locked down for two three weeks we'd be back to normal then but just every couple of weeks it kept going on longer and longer but um, once the college was over by May that was my kind of my stint with as the GA officer over and I was back out with the games development officers in Westmead. While he also has the job of teaching our national game to the youth by operating the GAA's famous cool camps in Westmeath. Children are arguably those who've been affected the most during the pandemic, as Kieran got to see firsthand during the summer. Look, they were, it was wild at the start, but you kind of had to have them in order. When they arrived, they went to the pod that they were in. They stayed there for the week. Like all camps, as the week went on, they got tired and tired. So um, it was kind of easier as the week went on. But the hardest was the weather. When it was wet, we couldn't go indoors with them. So we kind of picked uh, venues that had stands. So at least you could have them in their pod in the stand and then social distance them from there from each pod. But look, it was tough, but it was enjoyable to get back out. Um, especially with my my role, I'm out on the field and to be stuck in at a computer for a few months, it was just great. It was hard work, but it was enjoyable to be out there and be out among with people again. The parents, in fairness, were very good. They were just were so happy to kind of get them out again. But with some of them were coming up and saying, 
the kids were getting very attached at home and they were getting hired to go to places. Uh, but you'd see that generally in a lot of camps throughout the years. But this year especially, we've seen it a lot more that the kind of were comfortable at home. And then when it came to being among loads of kids, like you could have 70, 80 kids, they wouldn't go. And sometimes the parents had to stay for the first 15, 20 minutes. But like every child wants to get in and get involved, they'll enjoy it. I remember one morning, even one of the mothers had to take part in the first activity just to get the kids to stay and keep going. But as I said, you see that every year, but this year we've seen probably an, an increased number on it. Because your job relies so heavy on the GA, and when there was so much uncertainty around the March-April time, did you fear you'd be out of work? Um, in fairness, there was doubts because we didn't know which, what the story was that way because we used to be going into schools as well. So a lot of the G- GDAs and the school coaches going around to the schools and the fact the schools were closed, they were idle. So we were hoping that the cool camps would get going because at least you had something to work to. But in fairness, Leinster GA have been very good to us and they told us from the very start that they'll be doing everything they can to make sure that there's no jobs going. And the GEA even said that as well. Um, they made it clear from the very start that no one would be losing their job. Um, so at least you had a bit of comfort that way. Um, but with the way the virus is going, <laughs> it's going on for longer and longer. But it's hard to know what way it will go. But in fairness, I'm back in AIT now, even though there's no sport in AIT at the moment. Um, but they're hoping that we can get something up running in January. And in fairness, they're very good to us as well that... They're not going to just throw us out to the curb. They're just they're going to find other elements for us to do in the college if it's even working with um, mature students, um, part-time students, being in contact with them, just making sure everything is all right. International students, we will be doing. We will be busy in there, but it mightn't be in the field that we're working in. I did buy a few paint by numbers things off Amazon but they're yet to be painted so (laughs) what are paint by numbers you know like what you would have done when you were a kid like color in by numbers but they're like these big massive oh the big coloring books yeah but like these are like nice pictures like they aren't like pictures of a balloon or something like these are really cool looking big paint by numbers but yeah none of them even got started then in the end so I did try to take up something a little bit arty it it didn't it didn't take unfortunately and I still have the blank sheet in my house (laughs) look I think many people are the same footballer Neve Collins is part of Dublin's three in a row All-Ireland winning team. I am a data analyst with Cartrawler. So we essentially went remote on the 13th of March and we haven't been back since. And we've been told that the office won't be open again until January. So like for me personally, uh, I prefer knowing that because at least now I'm just settled until at least the 1st of January when it will be reassessed. But yeah, I've been working from home full time since March 13th. So how have you found that? Because it must be weird... You're probably in the same boat as a lot of people in their 20s and 30s in Ireland. No idea kind of when they'll get back to some sort of normality in terms of your daily routine. Yeah, like I actually think I adapted to work from home like pretty well, pretty quickly. Um, Initially, uh, it was a bit tough, I suppose, because I was living at home and I actually moved into uh, my boyfriend's house because he just had a bigger a bigger home house and we were working kind of from an attic uh, in his home house but 
I'm out now into a little two bed in Portobello. So we've a little office uh, in the second room. I'm very privileged and lucky to be able to do that. So yeah, in a way, like I don't find it too bad because I come into my little office in the morning and I can close the door at the end of the day. So in a way, it is kind of like leaving work. You know, I don't have to see my workstation when I'm going to bed or I don't have to see it on my kitchen table. And I think that makes a big difference. And, and what does your job kind of entail? Yeah, so I'm a commercial analyst for Car Trawler and Car Trawler essentially, uh, we provide a booking platform for kind of B2B partners uh, to book cars off. So um, the best way to kind of describe it is if like you're booking a flight and in that flight path you go to book a car, um, it'd be our software that powers that. Um, so as you can imagine, it's been a business that's been really, really heavily impacted. You know, we're, we're pretty much very heavily connected to the travel industry, people going on holidays. Um, yeah, so it's been a big shift in there. Um, how did you spend the first lockdown? I think the fact that we really didn't know how long it was going to last, I was like super ambitious, or at least I was for the first eight weeks in that I had a couple of footballs and I was making sure I was like running 5Ks and that lasted probably until the beginning of August, which I think is pretty good going. Like, oh, saying, that's very good going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like four months of like, you know, thinking, you know, we could come back any day now. And to be fair, we were back with clubs um, to a certain extent then by the beginning of August. But yeah, from March and April and May, I just spent... I spend probably every second day just running 5k loops and not because I particularly enjoy running 5k loops. I actually hate um, just mass running. It's exercise. I think it's just so has been so entwined in my life for the last seven, eight years that actually like just going to a complete halt has such a bigger detrimental effect on how I feel. And like, yeah, 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 obviously you're not regimented as in I could go out for, a jog or a walk at 12 p.m. We didn't have to go out at 7 p.m. And that kind of flexibility was great. Like, that's one thing that it was nice to have control over. It was really great to have control over your schedule that you could kind of pick and choose when you wanted to do something. And for me, that was a brilliant mental break. Um, I actually, like, what was way more stressful was just the never-ending Zooms. And there was initially, I suppose an eagerness from so many people to do zoom calls because again we weren't 100 percent sure how long this was going to last so you wanted to make sure you were maintaining the connection like not just with football teams but with friends or like committees that you sit on as well and i think i remember at one point uh, i had like a post work zoom call like six oh, sorry sorry five five of the working days and then one of the weekend days and yes some of them were social but when you're working in a job that you know you might be spending two to three hours zoom in a day I remember just thinking oh my god I cannot do another one so the getting outside and going for a run was wasn't the bit for me that was the switch off it was the closing the laptop and not doing another zoom quiz that I needed to switch off from there's a lot of good things about being busy that your the likes of your head can't wander and, and the likes you know sort of keeps you on a, a good steady path like so you miss that sort of side of things you know massively. Rona McNamee has been a stalwart of the Tyrone panel for the guts of a decade. When he's not dominating the football pitch he works nine to five as a sales rep for Worth Ireland but during the pandemic 
when travel was restricted, he found himself helping out on the family farm. I had enough to keep me busy, so I was obviously very thankful that I could go home and uh, help out in the farm and switch off. Like where my home house is, I have no um, phone reception or Wi-Fi, so nobody can get me when I go home. <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> it's fucking brilliant, to be brutally <laughs> honest. Nobody can get you, finally send a pigeon. Like many people across the island, Ronan is also a small business owner and he set aside 2020 to open his own gym. It's been in the pipeline for a while. Um, I'm in a long, as I said, a physio friend of mine from the same club as me. He's called Charlie Conley. Um, so we're in it together. He has a clinic in a high iron in my home club. Um, and he has a clinic here in Oma. And he runs Reformer Pilates and physio out of it. And then we, he had a couple of spa- he had space in it. And um, over lockdown, over the first lockdown, um, whenever both of us were sort of off work, we came in and took, just took on date and busted everything in, broke all the walls in and just made the space. So lockdown sort of helped get the work done because if we were working normally, um, we probably wouldn't have the time. And you know, you'd be obviously paying somebody else to do it whenever you saved a bit of money getting to do it yourself, you know. It's probably not, a, it's not ideal, it's not great timing to be open on anything, but it sort of worked out well for me to try and get uh, plans in place and get foundations built, you know, so that you could slowly get someone um, going, you know. I was going to ask you what was the first lockdown like for you, but it sounds like you're a busy man. Aye, I actually was busy. <laughs> um, obviously, I was working, like, um, for, like, come from a farming background as well, so between getting the gym sorted, I had equipment and everything ordered and it's only really coming in now as well because it was ordered from China and it must have went around the world three times before it stopped <laughs> off here. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm not joking. <clears throat> Hello, Connor. Connor, can you hear me? Yeah, have you now? How's things? How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. You can turn off your camera. There's actually no need to. It's, it's just okay, because, cool. no, because, because it's radio, you're lucky. We don't need camera. Perfect. Oh, no problem at all. Just to introduce it to the other lad who's making the documentary with me. His name is Graham. He's on the line there. How are you doing? Are you all right? I'm great. Thanks very much for coming on. And I do appreciate that Liverpool are playing tonight in the Champions League. And I saw on Instagram, <laughs> you're a Liverpool fan. So we'll make sure we get this done before <laughs> kickoff. Uh, no hassle, no bother at all. <laughs> I think the bigger thing is Graham's a diehard Liverpool fan and he wants to be on. I was just going to say it takes one to know. <laughs> I was admiring your vintage. As Ronan uses time to get set up in Wexford, Hurler Connor McDonald's gym has been up and running for the last three years. 14 Fitness is the name of the gym. It's in Gory Town itself. And obviously it's it's a quite situation to be in now um, or a quite building to be in um, at the moment. But um, look, it's something that has, has forced me to go online and stuff like that, which is something that I wanted to do anyway. Um, but I always felt I was I was kind of a bit short on time. Once I kind of had done it, I, I realised I, I really was short on time because an awful lot of onboarding to do it correctly was, was needed. So again, it's, it's, it's forced me to challenge myself to enter a new environment, we'll say. Do you have many people working for you? Um, I had one girl working for me. She, she's, um, she's gone to do some online work herself now at the moment. So I just had one girl, Amy. So um, she, she had kind of came in for the, for the class-based stuff. So obviously when, that's, when that had kind of stopped, 
um, she had kind of had stuff there online that she was doing as well. So she's since parted ways. But um, look, at I, I wouldn't say it would be the end of the road there either. But The pandemic has sparked a conversation surrounding mental health in Ireland. As a gym owner, Connor believes being active is vital for people's mental well-being and thinks exercise facilities should be open. I just feel like once the gyms are back open, people will be in better spirits. I know at home myself, um, I'm lucky that I have the gym, you know, between my girlfriend and her friends and, you know, even my friends, club lads that can't go to the gym now. Everyone's just on a bit of a lull and there's there's more people being affected by the gyms being closed and, you know, exercise being limited than I then I feel it it would it would harm. So, um, even my own mother is the same. She 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 often comes up to the gym and stuff. And it's just look at it's it's it is what it is. Now, obviously, I understand why everything's been done, but I I just feel like it was for the for the time period that we had, um, with restrictions in the gym and stuff. I felt like for the most part, you know, most gyms were 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 doing it correctly and everyone was safe, and there wasn't that many cases coming from. If any, or, you know, feck all anyway. <laughs> but anyway. With a wise head on his shoulders and fighting to keep a small business open, Connor used the extra time during lockdown to do some soul searching. I would say, I probably would say that I wasn't prioritising stuff as much as I should have. Um, and that even goes so far as, as hurling. You know, like inter-county hurling now and playing at the highest level takes up so much time in your life. We've had some success, obviously, in the last number of years and it's been it's been great and... You know, going to pre-season is just that little bit easier when you're when you know you're just about there, or you know you've you've picked up a bit of silverware here and there. But to have something that you spend so much time on, and that you have to neglect other parts of your life because of having that stripped away, then for some time it just kind of opens your eyes to to um to other aspects of your life, and th- even if that's you know seeing your family a little bit more. Albeit most of it was probably virtual for the for the lockdown period, um, but just even different relationships, friendships, and um, I just I just put was able to you know reprioritize. We'll say excellent. That's perfect. That's all, all right, needs. Connor. All thanks right, so that's... much. No problem at all. Up the reds. Up the reds. <laughs> now get home <laughs> to watch them. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. For each player, their lockdown experience was very different, but also the same. But what was it like for the decision makers? The people who had livelihoods of so many in their hands. As part of this series, we sat down with the former health minister, Simon Harris, who told us about those long nights in the Department of Health. Personally for you, at what point did you realise, okay, this is for the long term? I think when we got to a situation where the country, if you remember in the month of March, went into an effective lockdown for a period of weeks. And at the end of that period, uh, Dr. Tony Hula and the chief medical officer came to me and said we were going to have to extend it for another period of time. I think at that moment it became, it was a very sobering moment for everybody that even though we were all making massive sacrifices in in every aspect of life, including sport, and um, that this was something that was going to be with us for a significant period of time and was something that was going to be with us until we found a, an effective treatment or a vaccine. By the end of May, after three months of lockdown, cases began to drop and the conversation shifted to the easing of restrictions and getting back to some sort of normality. And Nathan, in the last hour, we've heard from the GAA officially about what's going to happen with regards to their return to play. Obviously, a couple of statements came through today. Varadkar addressed the entire country and said, this is how it's going to be. Everybody feels like we're getting out of jail. 
and the GAA have come along with some uh, important dates in terms of June the 8th, which is obviously next week. Walking areas around pitches are going to open, uh, may open. GAA pitches to reopen on June 29th and small group training will be permitted on the 20th of July. The COVID supervisor has to check temperatures and health questionnaires must be completed beforehand. Separate water bottles, uh, hand sanitizers, all that kind of stuff. And the news clubs around the country were waiting for was announced. On the 31st of July, club competitions can resume. There will be limitations on spectators based on government guidelines. And then a likely date for inter-county games resuming is October 17th. We will have games this year. Happy days. <laughs> the big message, I think, coming out of this, if you're a club player, switch off your phone for the weekend because you're going to be getting a message from your manager. The drinks ban starts now. The party is over. July 31st, club championship is back. Next time, the club championship. A thrill at the sort of top scene and thrown as well, you know, it was, everybody was buying in because it was such a short season. It was perfect for everybody to give it one massive lash.